What's going on, guys, and welcome back to the Eagles Gauntlet Podcast. I'm your host, LJ Nestler, and as always, I'm joined by Samuel Goldberg. And Sam, we are finally here, but we have the tight ends, defenses, and kickers. It's going to be an interesting episode. Yeah, I mean, uh, just just going over some uh, pregame notes before this episode, uh, kind of have a little bit of differences in our tight end rankings list, so... Um, uh, kickers, I mean, obviously, I think there's, like, two kickers that will, like, actually do something this year in fantasy. Like, And then defense, I mean, it's kind of a toss-up. Like, you never know what you're going to get each week. So just jumping straight into it, you said we have a lot of differences. Number one, it's undisputed, Travis Kelsey. In PPR, he's been the number one ranked tight end the last five years. And in standard leagues, he's been ranked number one four out of the five years. He was ranked second the other year. Travis Kelsey with Patrick Mahomes throwing him the football and Tyree Kill receiving double teams is going to give you amazing value every year. And he's basically been improving every single year. He had his best year of his career last season, 105 catches, 1,416 yards and 11 touchdowns. That's you'd look at that and say, oh, this is a top three receiver in football. He's a tight end. You get Travis Kelsey at the end of a first round and you stick him at tight end, your tight end is good for the whole year unless he gets hurt. He's not gotten hurt his entire year since his rookie year in 2013. Let's hope he doesn't get hurt because he's an amazing player to watch and the brother of Eagles legend Jason Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, you, you really cannot put him anywhere else but number one. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, undisputed number one tight end in fantasy no matter what. No way fans or butts there, but uh, number two is kind of interesting where we stand. So, uh, so why don't you go into number two for you, and then I'll go into my number two. Okay, so this is interesting. Number two, I have George Kittle, who I think overall, if we want to talk blocking and receiving, and in real life, not fantasy, I think George Kittle, in my opinion, is the most valuable tight end in the NFL if we talk blocking and receiving. In fantasy, because obviously blocking doesn't get you points in fantasy football, uh, George Kittle is the second best fantasy tight end. You do not have George Kittle second. Where, Sam, do you have George Kittle? So believe it or not, I have George Kittle at number four this year for fantasy football. I assume you have Waller and Hawkinson over him. I do. I do. Darren Waller is my number two. Darren Waller is a big play, also gets you at least 10 receptions a game type guy as well. I mean, he's the main focal point of the Las Vegas Raiders offense. And my man's popped off last year. I mean, he had an incredible season last year. Looks to build on that this year. I, 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 Darren Waller is going to have a monster year in fantasy football. Two and three. I have Waller at three. It, you could really switch this around two and three. I think Kittle's a better player overall, but in fantasy, because Waller is going to get you a lot of points, you could switch Waller and Kittle around all the time. Kelsey stays at number one on pretty much everybody's list. At number four, I have the rookie Kyle Pitts. So putting a rookie at number four is a little risky. And at four and five, I could move around TJ Hawkinson and Kyle Pitts. But I want to get into TJ Hawkinson over George Kittle on your list. I think TJ Hawkinson's a very good tight end. But I think 
that drop off from three to four is massive. I think in a year or two, Pitts is going to be a monster. And I think the second half of this year, I think he's going to be a monster. I like TJ Hawkinson, but he is Jared Goff behind an average offensive line. I do like their offensive line with Penny Sewell, Frank Ragnow, Taylor Decker. I like that Lions offensive line. It's very underrated. I could say it's a top 10 offensive line in football. I'd get hate, but I truly stand behind that with those three guys. But they don't have a great running game. I just think the Lions are going to be bad this year. But their head coach was a tight end coach. So I think TJ Hawkinson is going to be the focal point of that offense. But I just don't view him in the same level as a Waller, Kittle, or Kelsey. But when I look at Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley with Matt Ryan throwing Pitts the football, Matt Ryan sucks everything he can possibly get point-wise out of a t- out of a tight end. He made Hayden Hurst look like a top 10 tight end in football last year. He's not that good of a player. Kyle Pitts is a generational talent. And I think Matt Ryan really makes Kyle Pitts have a great, great rookie season. And I think Kyle Pitts is a great matchup nightmare. But I I do respect you having Kittle at four. I do see the injury issues. But I just don't think I could put Hawkinson over him. And also kind of the quarterback situation there as well in San Francisco with Trey Lance and Garoppolo. Obviously, Garoppolo being named the starter week one. Uh, However, we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be like down the road there. And that could affect Kittle getting targets also coming off that injury as well. But what I love about the Hawkinson situation is that my man's is going to be getting a lot of targets, especially from Jared Goff. Jared Goff loves his tight ends, loves, loves, loves his tight ends. And TJ Hawkinson is probably going to be the main wide receiver, going to lead the team in receptions and yards this year because they really don't have anybody to throw to. It's just him and DeAndre Swift. It's about it. Uh, that's why I love Hawkinson's situation. He's going to get a lot of targets this year, a lot of receptions, especially if you're in PPR. I love TJ Hawkinson this year. That's why he's number three for me. Yeah, you mentioned the quarterback situation in San Francisco. When they had Nick Mullins and was it CJ Stroud throwing them, throwing Kittle the football in the Eagles game? Yeah, it was like C.J. Beathard. It was C.J. Beathard and Mullins. In that yeah, C.J. C.J. Beathard. So when they had C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins throwing the football, you look at it, George Kittle had 15 targets, 15 catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown. George Kittle is going to get the ball in all sorts of ways because he's basically a running back, wide receiver, and tight end all in one. And I'm a big George Kittle guy. So I think he's going to get a lot of those short passes and a lot of what I like to call Camara dump offs where he gets designed plays and just lets his athletic ability take over. But Kittle can do so much more. He's great in the red zone. So I think George Kittle is going to be in for a big, big year. But I do see the worries coming off uh, injury plagued season, coming off like two injuries last season, one minor one and then another season ending injury. I do see that concern with George Kittle, but I just think at 27 years old, 6'4", 250 pounds, the monster that he is, I really don't... Personally, I could not justify taking Hawkinson over a guy like George Kittle, who in 2018 was the third-ranked tight end in the NFL with 1,300 yards, 
and five touchdowns and the year after in only two and two less games, by the way, he had over a thousand yards and five touchdowns. I just think George Kittle's a generational talent and I don't think you could pass up on him. Uh, kind of moving on out of their tight end rankings list, just moving down a little bit. Um, and for me, I'm Mark Andrews um, at five. Um, I, just, I mean, it's just Mark Andrews. You know, he's just your all-around great tight end. He'll get you fantasy points every game. And then and then I have a rookie, Kyle Pitts, uh, number six. I love Kyle Pitts. I love Kyle Pitts coming to this year. But, again, he's a rookie. You never know how rookies are going to perform. That's why I have – I always tend to put rookies uh, lower on fantasy ranking lists. Uh, and then uh, moving on a little bit here, uh, I have Dallas Goddard next. Uh, I love the situation he's in with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a big play guy who can also be that uh, middle of the field type guy as well. Goddard, however, he's not known for having a lot of receptions per game, but more so big plays per game. Uh, so it kind of depends on how you want to do that there. And then another guy that I look at that's just right below him, you can kind of mix these three up all together as a Noah Fant and Tyler Higby as well. All three of these guys, you can kind of mix and rotate them wherever you feel like putting them. Uh, Noah Fant, uh, honestly, we'll see. We'll see how he does this year with Drew Lockett, or excuse me, Teddy Bridgewater uh, at quarterback. He, he was named the starter for the Broncos. So we'll be interesting to see how Teddy Bridgewater does. Uh, I feel like, Fant will be a main focal point for Teddy Bridgewater, just in case if the wide receivers are locked up downfield. And then Tyler Higby getting Matthew Stafford. Stafford absolutely loves, 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 loves throwing to his tight ends. Uh, that was pretty evident in Detroit. And now Higby is going to get a boost uh, with Stafford, with Stafford as well at quarterback. Yeah, so when you talk about Stafford loving his tight ends, he was with Hawkinson in Detroit. And I think for a tight end, especially, to go from a guy like Matthew Stafford, who's a, uh, you could say he's a very good top 10 quarterback in the NFL, to go to one of the lesser quarterbacks in the NFL and Jared Goff with the rookie head coach, I'm just concerned about TJ Hawkinson. And I think Kyle Pitts, the first half of his rookie season, he struggles then I think the second half of that rookie season, I think Kyle Pitts has 20 points a game. I just think he's that good. But moving down, Dallas Goddard. I would have Goddard actually forward behind Waller over Hawkinson and Pitts if Zach Ertz was not still on the Philadelphia Eagles. I think if Dallas Goddard was the lone tight end, he is right up there with Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller. He, he's yet to show it being the sole tight end. But we've all seen what Dallas Goddard can do when he has the field to himself. He's a generational talent. He just has not had the opportunity to prove that playing behind Zach Ertz. And Ertz is going to get a lot of snaps because he's Zach Ertz. He's going to gain the respect he gets. But I still do think Dallas Goddard is the number two receiver on the Eagles behind Devontae Smith. I just don't think his value is as high as it is unless Ertz gets traded. That's why in a PPR draft, I'm not the biggest on Goddard, but in a dynasty league or a bigger keeper league where you keep seven or eight guys, Goddard's somebody that I really like. And then Mark Andrews, I think he was a top five tight end the last couple of years. Great talent. But the thing with Mark Andrews is 
they have the rookie from Minnesota, Rashad Bateman, coming in at wide receiver. They got Sammy Watkins coming in. Lamar Jackson's not notorious for throwing the football. Mark Andrews kind of got a lot of those targets from a poor cast, and it was either throw it to Hollywood Brown or Mark Andrews. Andrews was the better of the two. I just think Andrews' targets, especially in the red zone, go down. I think they run the ball a lot more with Dobbins because I think Dobbins is the best weapon they have on that team. And I think Dobbins and Lamar take away a lot of touches, especially in the red zone, because now they have that dual threat in the red zone, and Mark Ingram's a very good player, but he's just not the talent that J.K. Dobbins possesses. And I think J.K. Dobbins gets a lot of touches in the receiving game. So I'm just not the biggest buyer on Mark Andrews' value. And number eight, I have Noah Fant. There's the kind of big drop-off between Andrews and Fant, but I do like Fant because I think you could make an argument he's the second-best weapon on the Broncos, right behind either Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. But they have the dual running back backfield with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. And then you got Sutton and Judy at receiver taking away targets. Now, that would be a scary offense if they had a good quarterback, and I think Fant would be great with a quarterback like Matthew Stafford or Russell Wilson in that situation. But with Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, I just don't know about that. So I don't know about Fant's value, but I do think he finishes as a top 10 tight end at fantasy football this year. Uh, one player's value that I think decreases this year is uh, Dolphins tight end Mike Gesicki. Uh, I'd be cautious with drafting Mike Gesicki, especially with the new bolstered offense that they brought in. And with Tua's inconsistency, it should be – I would tend to stay away from Mike Gesicki this year. Um, he had his two biggest games as when um, – he or his two biggest games that he had is when uh, Ryan Fitzmagic was at the helm. So, I don't really know. I mean, you should expect Gusecki to get a lot of red zone targets because of his big body, big frame. But with a new bolster offense now in Miami, I don't necessarily think that Gusecki will be successful. Yeah, when I look at Mike Gusecki, I don't think Tua's the greatest thrower of the football. And he had Irv Smith at Alabama, and Irv Smith was good at Alabama but he did not reach his full potential at Alabama. Still a great player in Irv Smith Jr. A great young talent in the Minnesota Vikings offense. That's a guy we we'll, might get into in a little bit. But I think with the running game of Miles Gaskin, I think of an offensive line that I do like that offensive line, but I think they do need some help there. And I think Isiki stays in on a lot of blocking plays as a sixth blocker because he's that dual blocker receiver. He's that kind of tight end. I just don't think his receptions are great. Week two, they'll have Will Fuller coming back from suspension of the PEDs, and then they drafted Jalen Waddle in the top 10. They also got Devontae Parker. So I think all three of those guys and Gaskins get a lot more touches than Gesicki. So I think Gesicki's more of a 450-yard guy. I think he can be a third-string tight end if you really need the injury spot or there's a bye week. I just really don't see why you'd need to go in on Mike Kosicki. But you talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's in Washington now. He's the starter. He finally has his own team. He, he's been a starter before, but this is undisputed. His own team, best situation and he's in. So Logan Thomas was the third ranked PPR tight end 
last year. He had 670 yards and six touchdowns. I think Logan Thomas has another similar year to that, and I think he's a top five PPR tight end. I don't think he would have been three if Kittle was healthy. And with Pitts coming in, I just think he goes down a little bit. But I do like Logan Thomas in the end of a draft. I just think with the third round draft pick of De'Ami Brown, you got Terry McLaurin, who won't be facing as many double teams. You have Antonio Gibson, who's a great young running back. I think he gets a lot of receptions. And they brought in Curtis Samuel. I don't know how valuable Logan Thomas is, but I do think he's good for around 650 yards and 60 catches. They also have J.D. McKissick, who's a, going to take some touches away. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I do think Logan Thomas is a value pick you cannot go wrong with. You know, Logan Thomas is kind of a one-hit wonder. Kind of game, kind of came out of nowhere uh, last season. And yeah. speaking of one-hit wonders, uh, another tight end to – kind of be cautious on is Robert Tanyan uh, kind of came out of nowhere last year as well. Um, yeah. A lot of one hit wonders. You got Johnny Smith uh, for the Patriots. He could see a couple of targets as well with, along with Hunter Henry, especially if Mac Jones takes over because tight ends are more likely to get targeted with a rookie quarterback at the helm. Um, another guy that I like that's also could be a one-hit wonder this year is uh, Irv Smith Jr. from the Vikings, a very versatile player in Irv Smith Jr. Kind of kind of will be the sneaky guy uh, in that offense with um, with Delvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson. So I like Irv Smith Jr. Uh, he's kind of he's kind of uh, another second option if you're Titans on a bye week. And then another couple guys that are that could be that guy if your tight ends on a bye week is Derek Cook at the Chargers. Uh, he could fit nicely inside of offense with Justin Herbert. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, if you want to grab him as well. And then now I'm going to move into the guys that I think you should stay away from. Um, I would stay. I would definitely stay away from OJ Howard uh, of the Buccaneers. Uh, again, with Rob Gronkowski being the starter, OJ Howard kind of the big play tight end kind of fell off last year. Uh, Austin Hooper, the Browns, again, really don't like his re- – really don't like um, the amount of touches or the lack of touches he's going to get in that offense. Another one is Hayden Hurst. I just feel like he's going to fall off now with Kyle Pitts coming in. Don't like – I don't like Hayden Hurst this year as well. And then Dawson Knox has just become invisible uh, from the Bills. So those are a couple of guys that, that you should stay away from. And then for me – a these are two guys that could really have sneaky good seasons. Um, the first guy is Adam Troutman uh, from the New Orleans Saints, um, with especially in the first couple of weeks with Michael Thomas going down and getting some surgery done. Adam Troutman will kind of grab a lot of offensive possessions, or he'll be uh, his role in the offense will increase this year. We don't know about the uh, quarterback situation that they have, but Adam Troutman shows very good signs of being kind of that number one tight end guy for New Orleans. And then finally, another guy that you should actually keep an eye out is another Eagle, uh, Zach Ertz. Um, I feel like he'll, I feel like he'll be Jalen Hurts' security blanket. And if Jalen Hurts can't find anybody deep and he doesn't have any running room, there's Zach Ertz right there. He'll, Zach Ertz could easily get you 10, 12 points. Uh, in any given game if you need if if need be so that's just kind of a couple of the tight ends that I like and don't like and a couple sneaky good ones that you should keep your eye on yeah I like that 
Uh, one guy I do like is Rob Gronkowski because I think he's good for 50, 55 catches, 600 plus yards and six touchdowns. I just think that'll give you a top 10 value. That'll give you good backup value. I do like Gronk there. I do think Logan Thomas is good for another similar year. I think Robert Tunyon last year, he was the fourth ranked PPR tight end, third in standard leagues. And he had great target reception value on 59 targets. He caught 52 of those targets or 50, yeah, 52 of those targets for 586 yards. And he had 11 touchdowns. I think those touchdowns are more around five or six. And I think he finishes as a top 15 or top 20 tight end. But I do think Tunyon's solid. I think Irv Smith, you alluded to him earlier, is a guy that can really pop off with Kyle Rudolph leaving. And I think Irv Smith really has the keys to himself. Two of his last four games, he had 16 points and 23 points. And that uh, game where he had six catches for 53 yards and two touchdowns against New Orleans, that really showed us what Irv Smith could potentially turn into in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins throwing him the football. And Tyler Higby, another guy you alluded to, he had a great finish to the 2019 campaign, finishes the eighth PPR tight end in the last five games of the year. He finished with over 18 points in all of those games. I think with Gerald Everett in Seattle, who I'll talk about him in a second, I think Higby with Matthew Stafford there could be a guy he might want to look at in Tyler Higby. And lastly, Gerald Everett in Seattle. He could be the kind of third receiver, maybe fourth behind Chris Carson. So I think Gerald Everett's a solid backup you could look into. And that kind of just kind of wraps up our um, mindset on tight ends. Uh, if you agree with us, you know, let us know in the comment section on Twitter or wherever you want to, or if you want to DM one of us, like go for it. You want to have a talk about tight ends, go for it. Uh, that's just kind of our thought process thought processes. Wow. I can't speak today on tight ends. And, uh, you know, as we alluded to earlier in the episode, we have to go over kickers and defense. So kickers, Justin Tucker, young way. Cool. All right. We're done with kickers. That's it. No, yeah, that, that, that's my list as well. That's my list. That's literally the list. Any other kickers like have fun. Like it's a kicker carousel. If you have kickers in your fantasy league. Well, I mean, they're not really going to win you games. Kickers are more so going to lose you games if they miss kicks. There, there's really no kicker that you go and say, okay, he's going to win me games at this point. It's just, who do you want to avoid to lose you points with kicks? It's Justin Tucker and the Falcons kicker, Young Waiku. I do not believe if I pronounced that correctly. Amazing young kicker. But then looking at defenses, this is where I kind of find it interesting because I think defenses, they can definitely get you 20 points a game and win you a fantasy game. So I think defenses is interesting to rotate in and out. And I do like to study a lot of defenses. Washington's defense, I have number one with that defensive line. It is scary. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, they lost Ryan Kerrigan. Really does not matter. They have Dayron Payne, Matt Ioannidis. They got some more guys in the middle there. They have the best defensive line in the NFL, in my opinion. I think they are sack galore in Washington. And then when I look at the Ravens defense, they've been top 10 defensively over the last several years. And they get a lot of interceptions with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. And I they just got the Justin Houston off free agency. 
And last year, they were the number one ranked defense in the NFL for fantasy football. The year before, they were ranked fifth. And in 2017, they were ranked second. They get a lot of fumbles because Marlon Humphrey, he's notorious for knocking the ball out of receivers' hands. Same thing with Marcus Peters. They get a lot of turnovers. I think their sacks are good. They got, I believe Yannick Ngankwe is still on that team. I believe so. Uh, and then Patrick Queen's another guy. The Ravens defense, I really do like them. And then another defense that I really like is the 49ers. But I think Nick Bosa with that defense, I still do think they have some good things. And when I look at defenses, I like to look at their week 17 games, the fantasy football championships in most leagues. And you look at the 49ers, Sam, who do you think they play in week 17? Who do you think they play? Oh, God, I feel like the obvious answer is to fill out the Eagles, but I know that's not true. They play the Houston Texans. Oh, good Lord. They're going to have a field day. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I picked them up. The week before, they play Tennessee and Atlanta. So in the fantasy football playoffs, I'm not too excited about them. But the fantasy football championship, they play the Houston Texans. I love to look at the week 17 fantasy football championship games. And I really do think San Francisco does some good things that week. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think they kind of drop off a little bit but I like where Tampa is yeah I literally agree with you on every single point that you just made like I I mean a couple of sneaky defenses to keep your eyes on are the Denver Broncos uh I just really like their defense going into this year uh I don't know any names off the top of my head like I should but certain Darby yeah there you go <laughs> uh, I gotta start doing my research before we do these now uh, uh, yeah, but I really like the Denver Broncos defense this year and not not a biased opinion here, but I really do like the Eagles defense going into this year as well. But quickly, the Eagles defense has looked very good in training camp and rookie head coach Nick Sirianni said the defense looks very electric and I like to hear it. But anyway, guys, unless Sam is the last last word here that about wraps up the tight end episode and it kind of went a lot better than I thought it would be I thought it would be a lot quicker and a lot more dull turned out to be a pretty good episode yeah yeah I, I agree I mean uh just yeah just yeah <laughs> yeah no I'm kidding uh really though like uh tight ends are kind of hit or miss and we want you to really hit on tight ends this year so is they can honestly win or win, win you uh, your fantasy week. So that's about it. That's about all I got. <laughs> yeah. So thank you guys for coming out to the episode, but we will see you next time on the Eagles Gauntlet podcast. Fantasy football, we have our mock draft coming up, 14 mock draft. But besides that, all our player rankings are officially done for the 2021 season. See you guys in the next episode. Bye.